So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Yo, 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 what's going on, bro? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you so much for listening. I am so glad you're here, and I'm super excited to jump into today's content. We are going to do a little review of some academic literature, and my promise to you is I will keep this simple. I'll make sure it's easy to understand, but look, uh, research is incredibly valuable, and we know that. I think we know that inherently in today's society, but I'm going to show you some more reasons why research is so valuable. And some things that we can extract from the research to help us live better lives and to help you complete your recovery. So that's what we're going to get into today. Now, before I do that, I have to ask you guys, if you are willing, and if you have not already, please leave a rating or review of this podcast on your platform. My goal in the next two to three years is to climb into the top 100 podcasts Uh, If not in the world, at least top 100 in our categories for religion, for Christianity. And I really don't see any reason why not. I mean, we are providing top grade content. We have the best listeners in the world. You guys are quality people. And I know there's more people out there that want to be a part of what we're doing here. They just don't know we exist. And so you can help us do that. We refuse. I, I refuse to take like the paid avenue I want this to be good for you guys. I want it to be a clean experience. I don't want there to be any kind of like ulterior motives. And not that there is. Like, I mean, it's possible at some point we'll have a sponsor if I feel like there's somebody that would be really good for you guys and we'll come up with some arrangement. But for now, we're keeping this thing totally clean, totally clear. And the only way this thing grows is if you share it. So if you're willing to either share it or leave a rating or review, that would mean the world to me. Now, let's jump into the top research findings Uh, from uh, uh, just regarding porn addiction. And and these top five uh, findings are actually from the last five years, okay, roughly. So I don't think any of these studies are are older than five years, if if I'm not mistaken. So a little bit of background. Number one is I was a university researcher for about three years. Now, that was during my undergrad. It was at an undergraduate level, so I don't want to misconstrue this. I, I, was, I did not do any postgraduate work in a university setting. My, my research level was, was at an undergrad level. So th- that, that means that you know, I'm, I would say I'm, I'm limited in my experience, and I would be limited in my understanding of you know, how to comb through research. But it doesn't mean that I can't read research papers. Uh, in fact, I read research papers. I understand them. I follow them. I'm able to poke holes in them. That was something we were taught in our undergrad is, you know, here's how, you know, sometimes people get away with murder in some of these research papers. It's kind of crazy. And so uh, it's important that people can not just look at the conclusions and say, yeah, okay, this makes sense, but actually look at, okay, how did you assess this and was it a fair assessment? So I, I think... Um, I think research is valuable and, and for that reason, you know, that's why I want to talk about it. We also know that, you know, if I, if, I, if I could try to make a point, if I was trying to make a point to you and I could then have some sort of study, it would be more compelling. It, it doesn't automatically guarantee you're going to believe it, but it certainly would make it more convincing if there was a study that would back up the point I'm trying to make. And that is kind of just the, the world that we live in. Now, here's something I want you guys to 
here and I want you to really catch this because this is very important. When it comes to vetting research, it is very important that we are not research bound, okay? We do not want to be bound by research. We we don't want to simply ask, oh, is there a study proving it? If not, then it can't be true. That is foolish. That's foolish. And even the top university researchers will tell you that, yes, you cannot be research-bound. Research is not the be-all, end-all. It does not prove or disprove everything. Again, it's a very reliable tool, but it it is not all-encompassing. Instead, we want to be research-based. So, so we, we, want to, we want to acknowledge that research is very useful, it's very insightful, and yet at the same time, we want to acknowledge that beyond research, we can still acquire insights. Um, we don't need to have a scientific journal backing us up for something to be true. And, and I think that's important that we kind of hold that perspective in tension as I get into the top five research findings. So uh, the other thing I'll, I'll just say really quick, sorry to, to drag this out, but I just want to make sure I, I give, uh, this is very important to me, is I want to give you guys context because the more context you have, uh, the better you'll understand the concepts. The last thing is porn addiction research is incredibly polarized. You know, not everybody believes that porn addiction is real, uh, especially in the scientific world. It's heavily debated. I think if you talk to people who are practitioners, and even people that are very well researched that you know have their PhDs or have their, their medical degrees or whatever, most of them are agreeing that this is real. Uh, but I think it's the people that have not had proper exposure to it um, or the people that often have very kind of religious or, or anti-religious views that tend to be really against the whole porn addiction diagnosis because they think, oh, those are just people with you know, this moral conviction and they guilt themselves into it. But if they didn't have those, those moral fibers, then they wouldn't see it as an addiction or whatever. It's kind of stupid. But anyway, I digress. So the, the research is, is mixed and um, it's also limited. It's just not, not the most lucrative field to be studying. So uh, we have to work with what we got. Okay, let me get into this. Stop wasting time, Sathya. Discovery number one, the changes in one's brain and behavior when addicted to porn are consistent with other behavioral and substance addictions. So again, I I just mentioned that this is heavily debated, but the reality is there is actually enough research showing that, hey, this is really not that different. In some ways, it's worse than cocaine, than uh, cigarettes, alcohol. I mean, the the list goes on. So um, that's important for us to know because sometimes, uh, sometimes people with porn addictions, they get uh, they experience a little bit of invalidation because it's like, oh, but that's not a real addiction. It is. The, what, what you're experiencing is real. And you have every right to identify as, you know, somebody who who's dealing with an addiction. I, again, don't call yourself an addict. I don't like that. But um, uh, again, somebody with, with currently with an addiction, yeah, that, that's totally fair. Discovery number two, pornography use is associated with more casual and impersonal approaches to sex. So what what do I mean by that? Well, People who view pornography are more likely to engage in more casual sexual behavior. You know, I remember when I was like 14, 15 years old, I met this girl at Marineland. So Marineland is like our SeaWorld, if you've ever been to SeaWorld in the States. So I met this girl at an arcade. I like made fun of her for something and then she like loved the attention and we exchanged phone numbers and this was like back in the days of MSN. So I guess we exchanged emails and at each other, and we would talk all the time, and um, she she was, like, very promiscuous, um, and I, I I found that, like, really intriguing, you know, and I, I, I probably just got way too wrapped up in, like, kind of her sex life, 
Um, but in my head, and, and again, she was very like flirty with me as well at the same time. Like there was that weird kind of openness. Um, not, not a good person to be around. I, I should not have been engaging with people like that, but I was, you know, 15 years old and ridiculously horny. So what can I say? But I remember thinking, man, when I'm 18 years old or 17, when I can drive, I'm going to rent a car. I'm going to go, um, I'm going to drive down to her place. She was a couple hours away and I can't wait to like have sex with her. That legitimately, like those are, those are actual thoughts in my head when I was 15 years old. And I say that to say that, um, that that's a very good example of a more casual and impersonal approach to sex, right? Like there's no actual relationship here. This is, this is just physical. This is raw. And porn has conditioned me to like, Hey, you've seen an attractive person. She's into you. You go have sex with her. And so I was, I was already plotting at such a young age. It's, it's honestly, it's kind of embarrassing um, talking about it now, but that, that's just the reality. This is a real thing. Uh, discovery number three, there's a significant relationship between declining mental health and pornography use. Okay, this study came out just a couple of years ago. And it basically showed that, hey, when people view pornography, their mental health tends to decline. Surprise, surprise. And when people have declining mental health, um, yeah, actually, there could be a link with their in- with increased pornography consumption. So uh, again, the, the mental health crisis centers around anxiety and depression, rightfully so. Those are the major mental illnesses that people are experiencing in our society. But let's not forget that a majority of those people are probably consuming pornography with some regularity, and it would be interesting to see what would happen to their mental health if they were to eliminate pornography altogether. And this study is kind of suggesting, well, it would probably improve. Discovery number four, pornography use is nearly always a signal of poorer relationship quality for men and women, okay? This study is also just a few years old, and basically what um, what Dr. Perry discovered is that pornography, uh, when people have pornography in their relationship, or sorry, when people use pornography and they're in a relationship, the the effects are almost always negative. So the reason that um, the reason that it's nearly always is because there were thirty one indicators of relationship quality that he used in his assessment, and thirty of the thirty one were negatively affected by porn usage. There was one that I think just basically stayed neutral. So he couldn't say that it is always a signal of poor relationship quality. There was one signal there that didn't seem to really have a correlation, but 30 out of 31, I mean, come on, people, let's, let's be real. And discovery number five, okay, I want you guys to hear this loud and clear. If you get nothing else from today's content, today's episode, please get this. A combination of external and internal resources is most effective for long-term success. So what does that mean? Well, you want to do some practical things like journaling, having a spotter in your life, maybe doing a course, getting some coaching. Um, but then you want to make sure that those things, in, in addition to like, uh, sorry, the, I, actually that, that's a bad list of, of, um, of external. Let me, let me try that again. Journaling, um, spiritual disciplines, um, you know, things that help you regulate like breathing and that kind of stuff. Those would be the more external solutions. Obviously, we could go down internet filters and that kind of avenue, but you, you know, I'm not a huge fan of that stuff. Uh, internally, though, uh, would be things like getting coaching, uh, it'd be like building meaningful connection with a community, uh, you know, getting into a course that's going to help you dig into the roots. Like those are the kinds of things that are going to be the most effective in general. But if you can do those in in conjunction with external means, together, those things are unbelievably powerful. There's a synergy there. And so I hope 
I hope that gives you guys some ideas of like, you know, yes, I do speak out against internet filters, but the reality is if an internet filter is part of your solution and you're doing deep inner work, then glory to God. Like there's nothing wrong there. Do both um, because both is probably going to set you up for success anyway. And then hopefully one day you can wean off the internet filter. That's what I want to see all of you guys do. Um, but uh, it's your life, not mine. Uh, but that's that's kind of that's kind of where my where my heart is. And that's what the research says that if you have if you have a little bit of A and a little bit of B, you're going to be the best positioned for success. So look, that's everything for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, Hope you have an amazing day. Stay clean. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.